welcome back to Suffolk Survival Guide, where we are happy to be queer to answer your questions. I'm Gina. And I'm Cheyenne. And class is now in session, and we are continuing Pride Month with our guests. But in true Suffolk fashion, we've invited one of my exes here. So, Aim, tell the people about yourself. <laughs> hey, I'm Aim. I am, I guess I'm Gina's ex. Um, <laughs> but more than that, I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. I put two Sagittarius. I'm single. Uh, you can find me at the dolphins underscore. <laughs> yeah, say it. We'll plug okay. your social I'll you later. All right. Um, can I ask before we really get started? You said you're a Sag, but what's your big three? I'm really curious. All right. So I'm a Cancer Moon. I'm okay. a Scorpio Rising. Um, mm -hmm. and then I'm a Scorpio Venus. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. Damn. <laughs> I have a cancer son, so I love the cancer energy. Nice. I love yeah. it too. Well, I feel like um, I'm interested in how things have changed even since like we were whatever we were like four or five years ago, because even I feel like since I last talked to you, there's been a pronoun update. So like, where are we at? Like, what's, what's the deal these days? When I knew you, it was before I had top surgery, before I was taking testosterone. And those were all mm -hmm. things that I wanted to do, but I was too scared to do at the moment. So I've done that. So I feel much better about who I am mm -hmm. now. So that's good. I feel happier in general. And at the time you had expressed that you wanted those things. And I, I think you were in the process of doing some of that. Cause I remember you actually educating me on like the process of looking for doctors and the insurance battle that is, you know, mm -hmm. America. And it was kind of all the, the paperwork side of things, like all the pre like, you know, years before it actually happened. Mm -hmm. So it's really fun to see you on this side and you used they them pronouns at the time and identified as trans and non-binary. Is that all still accurate? Um, it is accurate, but I also use he, him pronouns. Um, I think more for my safety. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I like sometimes I try to blend in, not necessarily because I want to present as male, but because it's easier for me to navigate mm -hmm. the world that way. Because you're not in like a major city where I don't know I feel like you're in a more heteronormative part of the world I guess is what I'm saying yeah definitely okay so I know that when we would like go in public together you we had to deal with you being misgendered I think a lot but mm -hmm. it was where people would you know say like refer to us both as ladies and then we just like roll our eyes and stuff mm -hmm. but also at the time you looked super different in a lot of ways than you do now and my assumption is that if you're going to be misgendered today you would be misgendered differently than than at that time is that like an experience you have or is that why you kind of use the like feel safer using the he him pronouns at times it's really funny that you say that because it's so hard to remember those times, which is really nice <laughs> because I really, besides from my family, I really don't get, get misgendered as a woman mm -hmm. anymore. Um, and so, yeah, it's like I get 
I get like he, him, sir, and stuff like that. And my voice isn't low. So if I'm just talking to someone on the phone, they're like, ma'am. I'm like, <laughs> and then I try not to let back get yeah. me angry aside from like yeah. the other issues on the phone. But yeah, mm -hmm. it is different. And yeah, that's part of why like it kind it's like it's hard because like I said, I don't want to see, I don't just want to be seen as male, but at the same time, it's kind of like affirming when I am. Mm. So yeah, yeah. It's a little complicated. Yeah. I was going to ask how you felt about like being misgendered differently, but if it's affirming, I can see why you'd like lean into it, even though I feel like you had such a great under, like you gave me such a great understanding of the word non-binary that I don't know. It's, it's like a bummer that that can't like just exist in people's heads everywhere all the time, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And you, I really appreciate you too, because you gave me a great understanding of the term bisexual, <laughs> bisexual Gina. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know. I feel like I have more used pansexual or like, I don't know, just gay. You know, I always love referring to myself as gay. So that was like funny. my whole yeah. thing. Yeah. But Aim and I had this like really interesting conversation at the time where I had said bisexual and they were kind of like, I feel like I'm not totally vibing with that term because mm -hmm. it often excludes certain communities. And mm -hmm. I had kind of said, but mostly because the really the word bi is like from a two, like the word bi is two. And I had said, well, like, it doesn't just mean two genders, like it could mean mm -hmm. two things. So like, it for me it's like I like people who are like me and who are not like mm -hmm. me which I also think you know there are obviously some people who in the community who are problematic mm -hmm. but just because somebody identifies as bisexual doesn't just like automatically mean they are I think you have to ask them what that means yeah. for them yeah so yeah aim how do you identify your sexuality I identify as queer and also as bisexual mm -hmm. now oh, okay so yeah, I've I've stolen that from you, Dean. Love that that came full circle. <laughs> Isn't that so funny? So yeah, I feel really like when when we were hooking up, had you ever been with men at that point? Nope, gold star. <laughs> yeah, I remember being shocked when you first told me you hooked up with a guy, and that was kind of like as a result of your transition, right? Or am I like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but obviously I have some information that anybody listening in Cheyenne does not. Who'd you get that from? <laughs> obviously, Aim and I still keep the tabloids. <laughs> the tabloid still does. Oh, man. Um, so I feel like since I started taking testosterone, well, let me go back and say that I had never been attracted to anybody male presenting like throughout my life. I mean, like when I was younger, I had like little crushes like in middle mm -hmm. school. But beyond that, I just I wasn't attracted to the point where I really didn't like men. And I think, you know, mm -hmm. you remember this, I would always like hate on men and you'd be like, oh, no, they're not that bad. And I'd be like, no, they're terrible. Yeah, I was wrong. I'm so sorry. They are that bad. I was wrong, Aim. <laughs> Oh, wow. I never thought you'd say you're wrong. Oh my God. <laughs> I can admit. I can admit. I, oh God, I'm such a misandrist now at times, but it's so funny. So I just, I wasn't attracted, like very turned off by them. Um, then I started three years ago, I started taking testosterone mm -hmm. and I just got like extremely horny. Mm -hmm. I, like 
possessed. I don't know what came over Word. me. <laughs> but um, so I I don't know. I don't know how I stumbled into this, but I started getting on Grinder. I don't know how I found myself there. Like, but yeah, I did. And yeah, sadly, it happened. <laughs> I'm not a gold star anymore. What do you mean, sadly? Did you not enjoy no. it? <sighs> no. Really? No. I mean, the first couple of times, not at all. I did mm-hmm. have an experience lately that was like pretty positive. But besides mm-hmm. that, no, it's bad. I mean, and I still like I do find myself attracted to men, but it's like not like all men. Like it's very mm-hmm. like specific. Yeah. Like I yeah, I still I'm attracted to I'm attracted to anyone, but what's your type for men specifically? Like what's that very like specific brand that you're like, okay, you're fine. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even know because I have to deal with kind of, so I haven't, I haven't dated men. Mm -hmm. I've only hooked up with men. Yeah. So I only what's on Grindr is what's available to me right Mm -hmm. now since I'm not really dating. Mm -hmm. So I I mean, I have to be attracted to them. They have to have a sense of humor. That's like yeah. a main thing. Mm-hmm. But besides that, I haven't like experimented too much. Like I would maybe date men. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. yeah. I personally don't think you're missing much, but that's from someone <laughs> who's a lesbian after dating men for five, a man for five years and then tried to have like a little hookup phase. And I was like, why am I doing this? <laughs> this is awful. So then I just, I was like, I think that it'd be different though, dating like hetero men versus like gay men though. I I genuinely don't know. I'm asking. Um, so a lot of the guys that I've hooked up with, I mean, I haven't hooked up with a lot of guys, but Mm -hmm. they identify as like gay men or bi. Mm -hmm. So I don't really know. And I've also never dated anyone trans and I like definitely date someone trans. I just haven't. Mm -hmm. So I don't. Okay. I was going to ask like what your experiences have been like dating or sleeping around with, or whatever with men versus women versus other non-binary people or other trans people. So I was like curious on how those differences played out. Well, I'm curious too. Yeah. Interested, hey. yeah. <laughs> we need the re- market research. <laughs> yeah. We need you in the streets collecting information. Yeah. So when did you first realize that you were non-binary or that you were queer? Can you give us a little bit more backstory about your like queer journey? Like I know we have some pieces, but I'd love to get the whole thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, So I guess I kind of came out twice. So Mm -hmm. I'll start at the beginning. Um, I was raised in a very Christian family, Presbyterian. I went to church two times a week. Um, I was homeschooled until seventh grade. Wow. So I was very sheltered. Uh, so my first experience with hearing about anybody gay was AIDS. Um, mm-hmm. I went on a missions trip when I was 11 years old to mm-hmm. Toronto. And we went to the neighborhood there and we saw people. And the people would be like, yeah, they have AIDS because they're gay and they're mm. going to die. So wow. that's kind of like, yeah, that was my first exposure that and like Sodom and Gomorrah in the Bible, mm-hmm. like, you know, you're just going to go to hell if you're gay. Um, mm-hmm. So that's where I came from. And then I went to a Christian middle school 
um, that was my first experience really with friends in general or like crushes or anything like that. And I had a crush on like every single boy there. I was like, oh my God, they're all so cute. That was me. <laughs> Cause I was just trying to be like, oh, come on. Like one of them's got a stick. Yeah, I know. Same. <laughs> I literally, none of them liked me. Yeah. <laughs> Sam. Like, yeah. None of them liked me. And then I had a best friend and I started developing feelings for her that were so different than these crushes I had on mm. these guys. And I'm like, oh my God, what is this? But then there was that internalized homophobia and like, I can't, I just can't. Mm, yeah. So then you guys remember uh tattoo and all the things she said? Uh-huh, <laughs> of course. Yeah. So that song came out around the same mm-hmm. time. And I could, I mean, they're not actually lesbians, mm-hmm. but they did help me tremendously. Because queer, I could, one of those queer coded yeah. videos I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so gay. And they talk about like they like are females and they like this girl, but you know, it's not their fault and they can't help it. And there's all this shame and they want to go away somewhere else where they can just be free. And I'm like, oh my God, like yeah. that's me. So yeah. um and I don't know if you remember AOL Instant Messenger. Yeah, how can we forget? <laughs> that's that's what I'm named after. So Okay. Sure. <laughs> so, I do have a tattoo of the instant messenger person on me. So it is real. I love that. that. Was their like profile picture on Instagram for like, I feel like five years was oh, yeah. the actual like <laughs> AOL perfect. instant messenger logo. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, so I was really into this girl, Sarah. She was my best friend. Um, it's always I a Sarah. Like, <laughs> Sarah's like the gayest name. It really is Sarah without an H. That's okay. Mm. Distinct. She's she's different. (laughs) She's quirky. (laughs) Okay, sorry. (laughs) No, you're good. I was online and I typed it out like you know that I had feelings for her, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh god, I gotta hit backspace. I gotta hit backspace, and I hit enter instead. Stop. (laughs) Yes, and then so that was in seventh grade, and she never Mm. talked to me again. There were literally, yeah, eight people in our class. Our parents all taught there. Wow. Did she out you to anyone? No, she literally did. I don't think she told anyone. I don't even know if she told her parents. Wow. It was just like so shameful that you just like could not speak Mm. about it. Did you ever get like queer vibes from her though? Like maybe she wanted to like reciprocate, but she was scared. So she was just like, I'm going to just shut this down. Because, like, the I mean, fact that she didn't go, like, out you to everyone is, like, that's pretty cool on her part. But, like, I wonder if yeah. there was, like, a, <laughs> more another layer to that, you know? Like, especially for, like, a seventh grade Christian. Uh, yeah, girl. I mean, yeah. there could have been. She was, like, the most popular girl in school. Like, all the guys liked her. She mm. dated a lot of guys. She's married to a guy now, has, like, six mm-hmm. kids. Mm. So maybe but I don't think so I just you think it was always just had a thing for straight girls you always <laughs> liked Who? straight girls why do you do that to yourself which, which ones I don't do that anymore <laughs> it's because they're a Sagittarius no. they like the chase is that why yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Well, I, yeah I like people that don't like me I love yeah them. you like the chase <laughs> you're like I don't actually have to commit if I just like go after yeah. this unavailable and then they look at me and I'm like oh man no, no, yeah no, this is yeah. too much <laughs> Gina, you yeah. in your head. <laughs> um 
<laughs> so that was my um, first experience. So it was really terrible. Um, and then I went to actually a Mennonite high school. Mm. Um, I didn't tell anybody about this. So I just kind of had to sit with it. Mm. Um, yeah. And then I went to high school. I found another girl that I liked. And actually, she liked me too. I like mm. told her that I have feelings for her. And it took us like maybe three hours to get it out. It was so awkward. Wow. It was over the phone. Yeah, we were just like, it was so awkward. But what, then, um, how old were you when this happened? Like, what grade? I want to say I was fifteen. Okay. So I was. I think I was a freshman or a sophomore in mm-hmm. high school. Okay. Yeah. So um, I found out she liked me too, and we would hang out, and we would be so awkward together. Mm-hmm. We would never act on it I remember like one time we held hands mm-hmm. but these but it was like it felt so deep like she would write me love poems and it was just like <laughs> we would we would write to each other like really sentimental nice stuff but we just couldn't act on it yeah 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 that's so high school though it's very like, I, yeah. feel like, I feel like yeah. that's it yeah like that hypercharged energy yeah, yeah. That was like a long distance, non-long distance relationship though. Like you could only like get that intimacy, like through written word kind of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we ended up in college, we ended up talking and like we kissed for the first time. Mm. It was like three years later, Um, but we actually reconnected. Like we hadn't talked for 10 years and like maybe six months ago we met up and it was really awesome to reconnect. So that was cool. That is cool. Um, but yeah, then after that, I went to college. Uh, me and Gina went to the same college. Mm. <laughs> it so, was, a, and it was a liberal arts college. So like there mm-hmm. were gays there. There were, um, actually both my roommates were. So the three of us, um, one of them was an ex-gay, she said. So we had an ex-gay and two currents. Uh, <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. So... <laughs> I ended up dating my roommate. Which, okay. Yeah, I know yeah. some people who did that in college. Another gay trope. Yeah. Yeah, that's like yeah. A, a nice setup, but not when there's a third person in the room who's just like, hey, guys. <laughs> there, there was actually a third person in the relationship that I didn't know oh. about. So oh, it was, shit. Yeah. <laughs> was it the other roommate? That would be juicy. <laughs> no, but oh. I think the other roommate might have liked me. So I could have had like. Yeah, you should have. Yeah. <laughs> no, I did not have. If you were there, you would know. I did not. Um, okay. Okay. Sorry. I just have. I'd like to like instigate bad decisions. Oh no. Yeah. Me too. I don't need any instigating. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this relationship. So she broke up with me. Actually, she got kicked out of school like halfway through freshman year so she was kicked out she was gone we broke up whatever and I felt like you know every relationship I was in I got like really hurt by Mm -hmm. and I I was still at a point in my life where I thought you know what maybe God's punishing me for being Mm -hmm. gay that's how internalized like my homophobia was it was really Mm -hmm. bad I did have some good relationships though um in college Um, And then I ended up, I came out to my parents my junior year of college. I was so nervous. Like Mm -hmm. I, I wrote a, um, 
a note to them coming out. I just wrote everything down. I handed it to them and I sat there and I waited for them to read it. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like crying. And then I said, you know, I told my dad not to hate me for this. And he goes, I don't hate you for this. I hate you for being a vegetarian. (laughs) So So you have a good relationship with them now? Like they're pretty accepting of everything? No? No. I was hoping there was like a happy uh little bow to wrap up there with that but no um so my mom's reaction to that was to send me away to like a conversion therapy oh wow so I wouldn't be gay anymore Mm -hmm. she got me a book about it also um she tried to set me up on a lunch date with her ex-lesbian friend (laughs) Stop. When I came out to my mom, she tried to get me to go talk to her current lesbian friends so they could tell me, like, you're not really a lesbian. But, like, oh similar experience. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. It's so funny. I was like, yeah. oh, my God. I just, I'm like, mom, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't you wish, though, that now you had, well, I guess it's different because mine was, like, a current lesbian. So, like, I feel like she would have, like, validated me and then the ex-lesbian would have just, like, shamed you. So, I, I wish I had gone to see that person because I feel like, I could have come out a lot sooner if I had. Yeah. Lesbian is still a lesbian. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Just in denial. You know. Gay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I it's it's a like I feel like a theme of like my queer life with you know my family and some of these people are just like so unspoken. We just we don't mm. talk about it. Mm-hmm. Which in some cases is even harder than like them kind of rejecting you. I don't, mm-hmm. they're both really terrible, but it's kind of like, it very much invalidates your existence. And yeah. like, don't ask, don't tell essentially. I feel yeah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. What yeah. about your siblings though? Are ha- like, what's the um, support system there? Cause I know you were pretty close with your sister at one point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my sister's awesome. Um, my sister Mallory, she's amazing. She's she has very similar views to me and everything. We're both not religious anymore. My brother is still very religious, but I mean he's he's pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. My sister is like my number one fan. She thinks I'm literally like the best, funniest person in the world. I'm like so confused by it because I'm literally like I just don't even talk and I'm so grumpy. And she's like, Oh my god, you're so funny. And I'm like, Aww. <laughs> Yeah, she's amazing. And she took me to get my top surgery. Um, you know, she took me to the hospital and she stayed with me after. So mm-hmm. yeah, we have a really strong bond. She's great. I do yeah. have that. Yeah. I'm happy that there are some people in your family that get it and don't suck. Yeah. <laughs> no, no offense to your yeah. family or anything, but get no, about yeah. the second round together. of coming out. The second round. Um, so uh, I was living in Philly at the time. I had followed an ex to Philly and like, I'm identifying as a lesbian, but it just, something feels off. Um, mm-hmm. I always felt more like masculine and like I always growing up, I always dressed like masculine. I never, I mm-hmm. hated dresses, hated makeup, that kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just butch. So that's how I was existing for a while. And then because I literally like didn't really know that trans people existed. Mm-hmm. Um, this was about, I'm going to say eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just doing a little research. I'm on like YouTube. I'm on Instagram. And I see some 
trans people, I see some non-binary people and I'm like, oh my God, like this, this feels like me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. Um, I remember I got, do you know, I don't know if you remember this, but I got a shirt and it said, no gender, no problem. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that shirt? Yeah. So I was yeah. like, oh my God, no gender, no problem. That's great. You're like, why is there a problem? And I started, <laughs> I just started thinking about gender and everything. I'm like, I didn't know it was an option. And I saw mm-hmm. this, I'm like, yeah, that's me. Um, so I just, I leaned into that. Um, and I just did as much research as I could. I didn't have any, in general, you know, I, I don't have that many queer friends. Like I'd love to have more, but I think because of the area I live in, there's just aren't that many mm-hmm. queer people. So I didn't, I didn't have that many queer friends, definitely no trans friends. Um, so I just kind of like did the research on my own um, and just kind of figured out that's who I was. And it was terrifying. It was mm-hmm. so scary as much as it was amazing. And I just felt like I could live as my authentic self. There was all that fear again of just like, and that shame and like being judged. I'm going to have to come out again. And like, what's my life going to look like? Just mm-hmm. all of that, like unknown. So can yeah. I ask if you had any, um, like, I know when you first came out, you had like the conflicts with like the religion that you were raised with and the internalized homophobia did you have anything similar to that with your gender or because it was like a different territory did you not have to like worry about it as much or were they just kind of like so intertwined that it was like one big thing just curious how that worked Uh, yeah um I think actually so there was a little bit of representation there was max on the l word and that was just terrible (laughs) There yeah. was Max and then there was Chaz Bono. Mm-hmm. And like you saw how much like they got made fun of, like all of this terrible stuff and that the names they were called. So yeah, there there was that again. Yeah, it was like that all over again. But you know, I was older and I I accepted myself more. Um mm-hmm. so it wasn't as bad, but there was still some of that. Yeah. Can I ask a little bit more about, like, I know you said you're not religious anymore and like finally like extracting yourself from that and also like the conversion therapy. You don't have to talk about it if it's like triggering though, like no pressure at all, but I'm just curious about it because I haven't spoken to anyone who's experienced that side of thing. I've definitely experienced people who are like currently dealing with the religion stuff. How old were you at that point too when they wanted to like send you to conversion therapy and all that? Oh, I was a junior in college. So it was like, they could, it's not like, you know, I was like, okay, they couldn't tell me what to do. I didn't actually go there. Um, okay. But my, my mom, she listens to like all the people who support that on the radio every day. She gets, it's called like world magazine. She has mm-hmm. it in like all these things, like trans people are ruining the world. So I see that all the time. So it's mm-hmm. still like very much around me. And those are mm-hmm. still her kind of thoughts it's just like she couldn't make me go because I wasn't like a minor okay and the thing like if I would have come out earlier it Mm -hmm. definitely could have been different yeah we've actually gotten a lot of questions about like disapproving parents and like Cheyenne and I've had a lot of conversations about like coming out when it's safe and stuff and even in a recent episode we said something about like setting a boundary might look like I can't come out until I don't live with my parents because like it wasn't safe. 
So like, it's, I don't know, like it's, I'm thankful that you came out when you did, even though it was hard. Cause oh, mm-hmm. if you had gone through something when you were younger, I just, that's like so heartbreaking that that happens to people, you know? Yeah, I agree. I wasn't, I definitely wasn't in the place where I could come out then. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, yeah, I just, I couldn't, uh, it took a lot of therapy. I went to therapy in college and it was so helpful with the coming out process just because I didn't have support. I didn't have anyone to talk to. So talking to a therapist was super helpful with that. Yeah. We're big supporters of therapy. We always recommend it if people can go. Cause I mean, obviously it's hit or miss, but when it's, when it hits, it hits. So I'm glad that it hit for you. Yeah. And just to like put things in perspective, like when I met AIM, I had been out as bi to like most people in my life. I hooked up with like a handful of girls. Mm-hmm. Wait, I when had... did you, when did you meet and how? Cause that was a question so that I had. We met right after I broke up with the mistake. Okay. And were you still in college at that point? Aim, by the way, is the mistake. No, no I was no, like I, 26. I okay. Okay. And Aim was, is a couple years older than me. So you would have been like, what, 28 at the time? Yeah. So I had like, I just got out of this horrible relationship and I was literally not only like fuck men, but I was like, I like fucked like the hetero world. Like Mm -hmm. I want to like dive into being queer. I'm so like ready. And Mm -hmm. we just, so we just interviewed someone named Drew Gregory. And when you hear this episode that will have aired two weeks ago and Drew had said something about like not seeing her as a stepping stone into queerness. Like she's had said, if anything, I'm advanced lesbianism. And I feel like me meeting AIM was like jumping into like advanced queerism, which is Mm -hmm. exactly what I wanted at the time. Like I was not trying to dip my toes in. I was like, I'm done with everything in the hetero culture. And I want to dive into everything queer. And then Mm -hmm. AIM was like, hi, I'm the gayest person you've met in your life so far. And here's all these <laughs> extra emojis that I'm going to use and all these terms <laughs> that you've never heard before. And sex is going to look totally different than what you've ever expected. And it was like the greatest thing ever. We met mm-hmm. on Tinder, by the way, we just mm-hmm. literally were just swipers and it was just like a hookup <laughs> that I was like, we're Swiper. not done here. This is going to continue. <laughs> And we were like casually hooking up for like what, like six to eight months. It was like a decent oh amount of time. God. Yeah, it's never it, it done that. Weird. It was a really weird like in between kind of thing. We were like, situationship. Yeah, definitely. It definitely wasn't just a hookup, but like you know, like I came in knowing that she had just gotten out of that relationship, and she definitely wasn't looking for a relationship. So I knew that she was very like upfront with that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I knew like that we weren't really going to be anything. And then like halfway through it, I found out she was moving to Arizona. So that was like another (laughs) thing. I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, I'm so happy for you. I was always very transparent. I've always say like, I'm honest, I'm going to be upfront. Cause if you're not cool with if like, if you had really wanted something serious at that time and you were going to expect that from me, that was going to be unfair. So I was like, look, like that was a relationship that I was in for a year and a half. I am not trying to be in another one, but we still were like, I don't know. We obviously vibed. So it was more than a hookup, but <laughs> I, I had a guard up for sure. I'll totally admit it happens. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. No, I, I really love that you agreed to do this because like 
none of my exes well one I'm only on good terms with like one of them and she mm -hmm. would not do this and really? <laughs> like I I really commend you for doing this because it's oh. cool to have you know this dynamic going on of the exes yeah. I feel very honored that Gina asked me I was like oh my god I'm gonna be famous <laughs> <laughs> no you guys are awesome I listen to you I love the podcast so it was it was great though like always just she came at everything with like such a curiosity and it was like such a, a kind one it wasn't judgmental or anything mm. like you know like you don't have to share this with me but I really want to know I want to know how to support you better she just mm -hmm. she was awesome you still yeah. are but <laughs> you're not dead thank you I you're not awesome anymore I honestly feel like I learned to how to like be a better like queer educator because I can oftentimes like be a hothead and when someone says something mm. be like no you know and kind of come at it but mm. you like gave me such grace when like I'd ask questions that like I remember asking something I really should have been asking and you just like answered the question and then very simply was like I don't think though that you should ask that and here's why mm. and I was like oh, okay that totally makes sense and when you can tell somebody like calmly like that and there's no shame and judgment I think it it gets to them better and so I've executed that when I have to like talk to people in my life where I'm the educator in that situation and it, like the way that you did it with such grace was something to emulate because it, it stuck more I feel like and I hadn't known much at the time about non-binary people trans people because I mean I think most of what we grew up was just like queer stereotypes in terms of gay men and lesbian women and it was very like Ellen DeGeneres and queer eye for the straight guy like Carson Kressley mm -hmm. like it was very that and so I hadn't like I didn't have any idea about these things and you would think in 2000 what like 17 it was that you would understand at that point but I had to like really ask the stupid questions of like okay so if you don't identify as this or that what do you identify with like it was honestly sometimes elementary I feel like in the questions I asked but I wouldn't be sitting here on a fucking podcast talking to Cheyenne about all these things if I hadn't had that kind of I don't know area to just learn in also like the funnest way I don't it's like hard to explain but I think queer experiences like that are so much more fundamental than we like realize and this is where I said I was gonna get all like soapboxy so <laughs> yeah go on go on <laughs> no thanks um, oh I meant to ask what made you decide to start taking tea because I've definitely considered it before just like I felt so much dysphoria in the way that I looked so the first thing I did is I got top surgery because that was mm -hmm. like one of my main like dysphoric things like after I got top surgery I felt like a lot better about myself um but I knew that I I went and started testosterone but I was afraid of being judged by my grandparents I was really close mm -hmm. to my grandparents um and they passed away pretty recently and after that I was like okay like this really sucks but now I like, can mm -hmm. kind of like transition and like be who I am yeah so yeah. I, yeah. I also really wanted facial hair and just still every yeah. day just praying that a new hair comes in. So. Uh, <laughs> I I feel like I have the opposite. That's like the main reason why I probably wouldn't start tea is because I already have mm. a lot of facial hair um, yeah. that I like have to feel like I have to take care of. Um, and I don't want to have to deal with more. 
but yeah. yeah, I wish you could like, just like pick and choose like what you wanted. Me too. From yeah, me too. Yeah. Okay. Well, how about, um, another question that we've been asking, is there advice that you would give to like young queer people or a younger version of yourself, just knowing what you know now? Yeah, definitely. Um, first of all, I would say you're not going to hell. I mean, I don't even know if that place exists, so you're not going there. Um, and then I think a big thing is like, for me, I felt like I did so much of it alone and you don't have to do it alone. And I know that it's really scary to reach out to somebody. Um, especially for me, I have social anxiety, but I just want people to know that like, they're really not alone. And if you need to reach out to someone, if you want to, I mean, I'm always here. You can find me on Instagram. Um, but yeah, just don't, don't doesn't have to be worse than it is. And it's like, it's not all bad. It could seem bad, but it's, you're going to be, you're going to live freely and as your authentic self. And it, it's just going to be, things are, you're just going to go up from where you are now. So yeah, I would say just reach out to somebody um, and like, please reach out to me if you'd like to. I mean, I don't know everything, but I have been through some stuff. So I'm happy to answer any questions. Mm -hmm. I love that. Me too. Okay. So we have one last question. Do you have it up, Gina? Yeah. One of our listeners sent this in and since it is middle of pride month, hopefully we can answer this in time for them. This person asked, is it weird that my girlfriend wants me to hang out with her and her parents at the pride festival this year? We are both in our early twenties. So I think it's weird slash immature slash inconvenient for me to have to have my quote unquote responsible with your parents facade on while at my first pride out. Mm. I don't know that I'd want to be at my first pride with people that I have to, you know, put my big girl hat on for. Yeah. It's not like so black and white that it, you're either like running around naked, like <laughs> humping your partner at the pride parade versus like being prim and proper because their parents are there like I think you can be somewhere in between where it is still like being respectful to them but also like having fun like I don't think you have to completely be like buttoned up and like act a certain way that you think they want to see because they're gonna see the real you eventually hope hopefully so like I think it it's good to do both but also I think like maybe for like the parade, you could do that with the parents and then maybe you could go out or go to a party later at night, just you two mm -hmm. or just with friends. And so that way there's a way to celebrate with them and kind of be more reined in. And then there's a way to like go out and be wild and do whatever you want. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Aim, do you, Aim, do you yeah. um, I think it's really awesome. First of all, that the parents would even want to support their child and go to pride with them. So on that end of your partner's parents, that's really cool. Um, yeah. But I've, I've kind of been in a similar situation where I went to Fantasy Fest with someone I was dating in Key West and everybody is naked there. Mm -hmm. And we went with her parents and they were also naked. They're like, so it was just like such an uncomfortable <laughs> situation, but it was also kind of funny. Like I was laughing the whole time but she was so embarrassed. Yeah. So oh, no. I mean, not saying that you guys are going to be naked at pride, but you might be like, you want to have fun. It's once a year. So mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I agree with like doing maybe part of it together and then the other part by yourself. 
Yeah. I think there's like a way to do it that, you know, you don't have to like lose your full experience, but also you get to have them there. And like Aim said, that is really cool that they want to even be there because some people, their parents would never go. So it's nice that they want to support. hundred percent. Okay. So Aim, where can everybody find you, especially those people who need someone to reach out to? Um, you can send me a DM at the dolphins make me cry, but put underscores between all of the words. And we'll tag you, of course. Is there anywhere else there's Instagram, the main? Location? You want me to give out my phone number? No. <laughs> my grinder name? Just making sure. <laughs> if you want to put yourself out there, you can swipe on AIM at, no, I'm just kidding. Thank you so much That's for perfect. joining us today. Um, if you have any questions for us, you can follow us on social media at Sapphic Survival Guide everywhere except for Twitter, which is just at Sapphic Survival. We also have an email address. You can email us your questions. That's Sapphic Survival Guide at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voice message at our phone number, 724-209-8877. We also have a Patreon if you want to subscribe for some bonus content. That's patreon.com backslash Sapphic Survival Guide. And we agree if you could leave a review, like our podcast, subscribe, do all the things on there. And you can find me, Cheyenne, at Hot Mespian on pretty much any social media platform. And you can find me anywhere online at The Libra Gina, including my website, thelibragina.com. And you can also listen to my other podcast, um, Hello, wherever you listen to podcasts. And with that, class is now dismissed. Bye. Bye. Bye.